One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to the NXT preview. I'm Michael Hamlet from What Culture, and I'm joined by Phil Chambers from What Culture Hey-o. to discuss everything that might happen on tonight's edition of NXT. But first, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure to subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. We not only preview and review the show formerly known as NXT 2.0, but also Monday Night Raw, Friday Night SmackDown, AW Dynamite, AW Collision, pay per views, premium live events. We also hold wrestler interviews, roundtables, and have a roundup of the week, maybe not for a month, who knows. Uh, <laughs> but the bloody good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. Phil, uh, welcome to this topsy-turvy Hello. week, of which there's going to be several. Thank you for basically allowing me to not have to speak to myself about <laughs> this specific show. Um, you are also going to be joining me. We have flipped everything today and this week. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to be talking about last night's Monday Night Raw later on. So we're doing this first. Your Tuesday morning, yep. bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, is starting with the grisliest, grossest, semen-stinking brand in all of WWE. <laughs> the one we love the most, truthfully. Obviously. It's uh, NXT. But before we get into tonight's card, um, a bit of deja vu for the listeners. Last week, uh, the podcast horseman rode again, as I had Adam Nicholas on, to talk about his um, fractured relationship with the brand he once adored over the prior two years. Um, and I was keen to get your thoughts as well. What, uh, here in 2023, is uh, your relationship with NXT? So I think this is going to be almost ludicrously similar to Nicholas. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I wonder why that's a familiar story <laughs> amongst so many wrestling fans. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, I mean, I was just looking up before this podcast started when the last time, like, I was properly invested in, like, uh, so NXT, right, from the, pretty much the beginning, like, even the stupid version of NXT mm-hmm. that was, like, uh, with Daniel Bryan and stuff like that. Oh, the game show yeah, era, yeah. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Like, I, it was dumb and stupid, but I really enjoyed <laughs> those shows. Uh, and it, it obviously went off the rails a mm-hmm. little bit, the more they did those weird seasons. But when NXT became its own thing on the network, uh, I was pretty much in from the get-go. Yeah. Uh, I absolutely loved it at the time. It was serving a part of my wrestling fandom that was not served in terms of actual, like, TV product. Totally agree. Um, I, I think was, I've, sorry, I think one of my only ever times that I nearly switched off was that 2013 run when they just kept pummeling Daniel Bryan. Yeah. And NXT was the salvation. Yeah. That little quiet hour a week was basically the only thing keeping me on WWE's hook. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely loved it. I was a massive fan of like DG USA and Evolve and PWG mm. through like the like late 2000s, early 2010s. Yeah. 
Um, and so as NXT we'll went that, along, we'll him. We'll it was we'll pretty much cherry picking <laughs> all of my favorites from these shows that I'd watched like indie shows too. Uh, and they were just putting them on TV. And I was like, this is the best thing ever. Mm. Absolutely goddamn loved it. Um, and then it got to 2019. Yeah. <laughs> um, and things started to dip a little bit towards mm. the end of 2019. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, and specifically in 2020. So the last, I've dipped in and out of mm-hmm. takeovers mainly, or like premium live events or whatever yeah. you want to call them. So I think the last one I watched was uh, War Games with Pat McAfee. Oh, crikey. The, in the CWC, in the grimy yeah, old yeah. pandemic building, CWC. That was the, the brand versus the Undisputed Era. Yeah. My word, that feels like, even saying all those words in that order feels like a different world. Now, <laughs> doesn't it? Yeah. I know, yeah. But the last time I was actually properly invested in it as a product, mm. I think will have been, probably not Toronto, I definitely invested it in it for the NXT Toronto, the two out of three falls, yeah. Cole Gargano. Mm. Um like, I probably started dipping off after that. Yeah. So, what was it? Portland, probably, was the last one I watched as an invested... It was the last um, crowd like crowd yeah. takeover ever, really. Yeah. Because by the time crowds came back, the takeover branding was gone. NXT had yeah. changed. And and even with that, I was starting to dip. Yeah. Main reason being, I'm a massive Johnny Gargano mark. Mm-hmm. Like, massive, massive, massive. Yeah. And his the beginnings of his heel run, I've, like, gone back and watched some other stuff as he got into it a little bit yes. more, or as he, they relaxed it a little bit more. The way. When he was doing, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but when he was doing the weird, dark Gargano heel stuff, it was yeah. just not what I ever want to see Gargano <laughs> in any way, shape, or form. Like, the, like uh, he's the best babyface in the world. Just mm. let him be the goddamn best babyface in the world. It makes no sense to send the guy heel. Yeah. Uh, and he, the only time I did turn, he turned heel in GG USA, going to go to a really weird cutback, uh, when he was wrestling Shingo Takagi. Uh, oh and like it was at a WrestleMania weekend. I think it was WrestleMania 28 uh-huh. weekend or maybe 29. And he turned heel and I was in the building for that. And I was still like a massive guy oh, at the yeah. time. And in terms of like, oh my God, a heel turn. Like what? This yeah. guy has gone heel. Like that was absolutely incredible. And that was just him being like, I am the king of DG USA. And this guy was about to take my crown. Like I was going to lose. And it was a last ditch attempt. I couldn't possibly let go of this kind of thing. Yeah. So it was like, it was an informed heel turn. Uh, that worked so goddamn well, but it like it didn't change his entire character. It just twisted like mm-hmm. who he was slightly, and that worked. But when they did it in NXT, it was just like ah, this makes no sense. <laughs> when you went into uh, him and Candice LeRae performing witchcraft while yeah, Tommaso no. Champa's cup <laughs> stood as like their kind of table ornament as they were having dinner. That that yeah. wasn't your thing, is that? So what you it said? Was, they burnt me. They burnt <laughs> yeah, me. They burnt I'm everybody. Say. Uh, and that's what kind of pushed me out. And then obviously the pandemic era, and I wasn't going to go back to that. It's a familiar Who story. The, <laughs> I think, like, we kind of talked about this at the time, and I was really, um, I pushed back on it a little bit in 2019, but it basically became, to use Cody's own phrase, undeniable in 2020. Uh, I didn't think AEW was really firing quite in 2019, but it was yeah. clear that from the off, they were kind of existing to provide the product that NXT was providing, but yeah. outside of the auspices of WWE. So by 2020, and with something like Revolution being held up as like a really legendary AW event, yeah. NXT was feeling like more and more redundant as a concept, not least when all your favourites went to die on Raw and SmackDown, yes. which was a problem that Didn't was like exactly five, help. six years deep by then. Um, and then obviously AEW's pandemic stuff was, let's be frank, better than its 2023 stuff. So like <laughs> when NXT was taking place in that, like the last days of full sale followed by the performance center in the awful Triple H skull laden 
Like, I don't know if you've ever been to Trillions in Newcastle, but the CWC <laughs> looked like it smelled like Trillions. And I love yeah. Trillions, but I wouldn't want to watch a wrestling show there. Um, yeah, like that does, that that pattern, obviously, I think has a lot, and I said this to Nicholas last week, had a lot to do with the aggressive rebrand that a lot of people pushed back on. But I've, and we fought this at the time, and now, like, we're kind of doing victory laps because, like, this is a growth product, like, year yeah. on year, NXT. And, you know, you can talk about the main roster and how they've kind of tactically brought people down to try and boost those ratings in this a negotiation year. You know, the TV rights matter for NXT. But I do think that the... It, it was such an aggressive makeover to 2.0 that a lot of people were offended on behalf of a brand they'd probably stopped watching a couple of years earlier. Yeah. It was almost like, oh, the, that thing I used to love, you've changed it. Like, it's already changed. I don't watch it anymore, <laughs> but like you've changed yeah. that thing from a... So it's like, it kind of, it did require the change. That Triple H, remember that Chrome X logo, yeah. the last night, hideous. Yeah. Just like a total vanity plate for him that didn't have anything to do with the wrestlers or... It was basically his WrestleMania outfits all rolled into one. Logo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if it could have done it, it rolled down on one of them bikes that he likes with a police escort. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we, we talked about this a bit last week. Like the changeover was for the best, even when you were watching the worst. Yeah. Like some of the stuff on this era of NXT has been chronic. Hilarious. <laughs> like we've we've either loved it earnestly or loved it through an ironic lens. And it's been a kind of joy to stick with it. And we've often felt like kind of we're on like a tiny island because it, it just gets no conversation. Yeah. And yet kind of for whatever reason, we've, I guess, found our fun with it. I don't know if we have basically done what Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens had to do in WWE, which is game the system. It's like, <laughs> we'll find what we like about it and fart about rather than like actually like get deep in the weeds. Of this product. But it, it is like, this sort of gives me a bit of a segue really, because it is kind of a hybrid at the moment between the complete bollocks and something almost approaching credible. Like, I don't think they get talked about much, but yeah. typically the main events of your stand and delivers and your, your specials where they go to the arenas are getting back in the conversation. Like an NXT show on a Sunday night is suddenly, oh, there was a big NXT show last night. You know, yeah. like uh, in our little world, it's a thing that Simon Miller might cover. For example, like yeah. we might deem it worthy of, should we give that, should we peel back the, the cover and have a look and see if there's anything to this? <laughs> and there's one next week, there's, uh, there's Heat Wave. So, and this is the, it's a Wednesday night one, so it'll probably take place in the Performance Centre. Um, and this is the go-home show for it. Um, on the Heatwave card currently, um, you've got Elia Dragunov versus Trick Williams, which I don't know how much you know about Trick Williams other than he's kind of Carmelo Hayes' sidekick. Yeah. Um, you might have seen him. Pretty much it. I yeah. would have seen clips that Wilborn have shown me. Yeah. <laughs> they're a great act. And that's about it. They're a super cool act. They're a, they're a 2.0 original act. They were like box fresh on 2.0. Yeah. And straight away, you just thought, these are super charismatic. This is loads of fun. But Trick Williams and Carmelo Hayes, Trick Williams has been helping Carmelo Hayes without the express request of Hayes, but he has been helping him quite a lot. Um, Carmelo Hayes does the I Am Him character. He's the, the guy for right now, but has he got it without Trick? So the two of them have kind of like cordially tried to go their separate ways so Trick can test his legitimacy. Okay. And who better to test it against than Anelia Dragunov? Uh, Dragunov's going to beat him half to death. That's how that match is going to go. But, like, it might be one of them things where it's the making of Trick because he kind of survives a Gunther-adjacent arse-kicking. Yeah. That's all next week's stuff. But it feeds into this week because we've got Trick Williams taking on Drew Gulak. Now, that sort of feels like a like-for-like like in the fact that Drew's going to try to bend him and snap him and out-wrestle him. But I should probably fill you in on Drew Gulak's little NXT journey before we get to that. And then you can offer your thoughts on this match. <laughs> I don't know what your last memory of Drew Gulak was. Maybe Arsenal with Daniel Bryan? Arsenal and Daniel Bryan with on the main roster. Yeah. Uh, doing his bits and pieces of 
attempting to get a storyline going and then being forgotten about by WWE. So yeah. Those bits. He, Drew Gulak struck me as a bit of a Chad Gable yeah. mixed with Zack Ryder in a guy that will fight to get his ideas over but can really you when yeah. the bell rings. Um, so he should offer them everything but they've always kind of seen nothing. I think it's partly down to size, look, yeah, whatever. Yeah. But um, uh, Gulak has sort of resurfaced over the last year or so in NXT. Um, he has sidled up to, well, he's helped coach and train um, William Regal's real-life son, Charlie Dempsey. Um, looks like calm from the bear. Uh, Dempsey's not that much to write home about yet. I guess that might come. Yeah. But Gulak plays that role. And the, up till recently, the two of them were kind of sideways uh, joined to Chase U, which you might be familiar with. Again, from clips from Wilborn, yeah. Yeah, you sit next to Wilborn, so a lot of NXT <laughs> you're absorbed by osmosis. Yeah, that's, uh, a, that's an important point for all of this sort of NXT 2.0 stuff, is that I did watch, like, the first episode yeah. out of pure and, like, weirdness. Who, who are all these people, and yeah. why, is all, why is all the sex happening? Yeah. yeah, and then I gave up very, very quickly. <laughs> I haven't watched anything of NXT, so the only lens that I have seen any NXT 2.0 stuff is through sitting next to Wilborn and him, like, forcibly showing me all these clips that he's laughing out loud about. And obviously working with Stacks. <laughs> Oh, yeah, of like, course. Like, since he's yeah, become, yeah, like, a, a yeah. colleague of ours, yeah. <laughs> uh, more on him later on. He can't make it today. Uh, like, shame. yeah, he's like, we... Uh, One NXT part I'm on. No I know, yeah. Stats. It's weird, right? It's this, so, like, I think I think he messaged Wilborn uh, just to, like, let us all know on his behalf. But yeah. basically, he's this next month, since he's won the tag belts, obviously, he's going to be so busy with extra championship commitments. Yeah, and all it's the just, media and stuff that he yeah, has to do. It's an adjustment, isn't it? It's when, understandable. When you win a belt, it's a hell of an adjustment. It's a big life change that Stax yeah. is about to go through. Yeah. So for the next month or so, he's probably going to get used to that. Yeah, and then other things on his mind, leaves his friends behind a little bit. All that kind of thing. And then he'll jump back on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Like it's nothing like we're just sat here waiting for him. <laughs> and I bet all I want to bloody talk about is that is that month as first month as champion. Uh, but yeah. So he's like he's obviously very busy. We'll get he's on this card tonight, actually. We'll get to stacks later. But yeah. So um I Drew Gulak ha, is back kind of playing like wrestling coach, serious wrestler guy. They get sucked into the silliness with Chase U. Um that's all done and dusted now. But Drew can do that. He's a bit dry, but like he does have those comedic chops. Yeah. Um so yes, this is the case of Trick Williams. Before he fights a guy that loves pain and serious stuff, he's fighting a guy that's a bit like that. Yeah. That's the premise for this one. Fair enough. So a little stepping stone to get to the actual thing. Yeah. The little proving match where he'll win this and he'll be like, see, I am tough going into the... Well, that's it. Thing, that's what I was going to ask you. Like, do you think he wins or is it, oh my God, I thought I was in deep... Already, and I've already no, lost, even and now I'm in even deeper water because next week I've got to fight Ilya Dragunov. That would be more interesting to mm. me because that is not done as much. Yeah, <laughs> going oh <laughs> crap, I'm in the deep end now. What am I going to do? Uh, but yeah, surely it's WWE. They just do the win and the big lead up to the big match. Yeah, probably, probably, come probably, on, probably, come, yeah. On, come on, come on. Speaking of being in the deep end, you are in the deep end. <laughs> you're gonna, you're gonna actually, I might not have watched it for a while, but I can well, still pretty it. much guess. You're going to actually have to watch this tonight. You'll be back to review this with me tomorrow, so you'll really see how deep the water is when you actually sit through this tonight. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm genuinely excited about watching this because I haven't watched it in ages and you guys go on about it all the time. And even you guys going on about it all the time in the office hasn't been enough to entice <laughs> me back in. So now forcibly being pushed back into it. I'm like, ah, oh, maybe this will be good. I have it on good authority that like, uh, and we love, all of our listeners, but the ones that listen to this that uh, don't ever watch the show and just allow <laughs> us to basically paint the pictures of these wrestlers. I don't think your lived-in experience is that different to many of the people that listen to our NXT coverage. Uh, 
But you know, where it's not NXT coverage, believe it or not, is not a crowded marketplace. It's so really like, not. So anything you can get is a bonus. All there. Um, <laughs> or what else we got? Yeah, also on uh, Heatwave next week, Carmelo Hayes, um, of course, Trick Williams, um, main man, will be defending the NXT title against the winner of a number one contenders match that will presumably headline uh, this tonight. We've got Wesley versus Dijak. So a bit of an um, update for you on these two. Wesley, um, formerly of MSK, Mm-hmm. Uh, went singles when his partner, whose name escapes me, got the boot for a number of unsavory reasons. And it was, for a while, uh, a story about can he really rebound as a singles wrestler. The answer was yes, resoundingly. Yeah. Uh, one of NXT's best and most dependable in-ring guys this year. Truthfully, more of a him, capital H figure, than Carmelo Hayes himself. Okay. With the North American title, he would have would kind of like try that Sheamus banger after banger after banger approach where the match would always deliver. NXT developed a really cool open challenge bit where the open challenge became such a regular fixture that a bunch of wrestlers would be fighting in Gorilla to get through the curtain first. <laughs> okay, yeah, so they did treat that as if it was a real race to get the Wesley match. Yeah, And then Dominic Mysterio defeating him for the North American title was thus a real crime. You know, like, how dare this happen? But Wesley is trying to rebound and recover, and he's trying to move upwards. He's uh, losing on up, as uh, me and Maury workshopped in the office this morning. Uh, but off the back of a number of great performances. Speaking of great performances... Hello. Dijak has been kind of a revelation, too. Um, Dominic Dijakovic had a mixed run on the old NXT they did the Keith Lee matches yeah. a lot, like as yeah. much as they could get away with. They really did. He was a cheesy guy. Retribution was a living was nightmare a for that all of us. definitely a thing. <laughs> yeah. He lost his name. <laughs> uh, well, he almost lost everything in Retribution. But he's come back as Dijak. He kind of plays. Um, it's funny that like, he was cast with the Donovan Dickhead nickname after Kenny Omega just destroyed him in that being the elite promo. Yeah. Because he now kind of plays a little bit of a gentle homage to the cleaner. He's got the black leather jacket, the shades. There's an 80s villain aesthetic about him. He's just a no good guy. Like this cyberpunk loser but who will just beat the dog out of you in matches. Okay. I don't know if you saw a recent special where he'd broken his finger and he like took a picture of him like flipping the bird and the finger was like off in a 45 degree angle. I did not see this, but great. Good stuff. Pretty good, Dijak. He kind of kicked off Von Wagner mania when uh, Von Wagner said, uh, hey, Dijak, take those sunglasses off. You're inside. And Von Wagner towards then just became about literally saying things and not understanding that not everything in the world was literal. Um, but the matches have ruled. Genuinely, the matches have ruled. So I don't know what, like, what's your takes on either of these guys? And I guess, I guess now, what's your anticipation for the match ahead of us talking about it tomorrow? Yeah, so Dijak, literally the last time I saw him was T-Bar. So, <laughs> you still got that stink in terms of my mind. Yeah. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what difference it is compared to the bar yeah uh stuff and wesley i don't i've never seen him in a singles match that's pretty cool i will have seen an msk match mm-hmm. but i wouldn't i'm not like my memory's pile of poo anyway so it's <laughs> like i i wouldn't be able to like give you one off the top of my head or anything mm. so it's like both guys pretty much well i know the dijak stuff and i know the yeah. like history of him and the keith lee matches obviously saw those uh but both going in pretty much blind, I guess, in terms of what they are now. Kind of love that. Least. High stakes as yeah. well. Number one contenders match at the time. So, well, with that so in mind, be interesting. who have you got then? Oh, hello. Let's go. Wesley. 
Wesley. Wesley. Wesley versus Carmelo like Hayes. Name. A heat wave next oh, week. Oh, Wesley. It's clever because it's like two names, yeah. but it's like one name. I just, uh, when are, when is, when are Wes, Dragon and Keith going to get the brother stable back together? Like when Keith leaves AEW, let's make it happen. Uh, right. Yeah, we've already mentioned him a little bit on this podcast because, you know, we love and respect all our colleagues and mm-hmm. we find ourselves quite short-staffed in the summer because of yep. a million different commitments. And so one of you losers of children. I know. Well, and uh, wait, look, <laughs> me and Sidgwick gave him a fairly long runway on making this choice. <laughs> he uh, knew what it was going into He did. He, like, he cannot say, I'm you really surprised yeah. by how hard this is. Of all the people that you can say was like underprepared for a child, yeah. Wilborn is not one of them. Not one. Yes. Uh, yeah, so there's a lot of um, commitments that keep us all in and out of the office over the summer here at What Culture, and that includes, of course, being an NXT champion because Stax, uh, <laughs> and along with Tony D, will defend the um, NXT Tag Team Championships tonight against the Yeah who are a subsector of the Gym. Phil, you're looking at me like you never want to see me again. So let me. <laughs> yeah, I got nothing. Expand on that a little bit. The Yijim are a group headed up by Joe Gacy. I don't know if yes. you have any like familiarity with Joe Gacy. Bits and pieces. A 2.0 character who came in as WWE's frankly pathetic attempt to try and own the libs. Yeah. Right? He was this. They, I, saw, I, I saw clips of the woke stuff. Yeah. They had read words online yeah. and tried to put them in promos and didn't yes. know what they all meant. Yeah. And it, yeah so they, that was a kind of false start. But he took on this cult leader persona and it was all about masked creatures and druids and he feuded briefly with Bron Breaker and Bron Breaker nearly got eaten by flesh-eating zombies. Just used like used yeah. run-of-the-mill stuff. Normal wrestling yeah. storylines. And it, it wasn't working. He yeah. didn't win the title. It wasn't working. I know. You're, saying, you're telling me that incredible idea wasn't working. I was as shocked as you. My God, what a world. He briefly had, what's your man that was also hanging around with Swerve and they said was the next Brock Lesnar? Um, oh, um... Oh, God damn it, you know the one I mean. Yeah. Um, Parker Boudreaux Parker, had him in one. NXT beforehand. Um, I, you know, I was like, when it comes to Joe Gacy, I was a big fan, but um, the, it just wasn't taken. Yeah. So the Dyad was a group formed, sorry, Yeezim was a group formed out of that. He brought in uh, a tag team that were on a bit of a losing streak, that were looking for a bit of direction. Uh, you might have heard of them, known them, worked with them. The Grizzled Young Vets. Soon to be recognised. Yeah, forget about that. You'll never hear that guy again. Um, <laughs> because they were aggressively repackaged um, as the Yayed, um, a tag team of kind of all-white, cane contact lens, zombified... Uh, yeah, I'm not going to lie. This is genuinely one of the reasons of taking them and put the, turning them into this. Yeah. One of the reasons I'm just like, nah, this is stupid. I'm not going to watch this show. I get it. And I think a lot of people saw them wrestle for the first time, especially in, like, I think the shirts and trousers. They look like, you know, Val Venus would always wear white in the right to censor yeah. instead of the black trousers. They kind of looked like them yeah. initially. Um, then, in a... Uh, How about we take away the one thing that's special about this guy? Uh, I know, man. Like, Zach Gibson not getting to cut Zach Gibson promos <laughs> no, yeah. is this remarkable thing. And the two of them have asked for their release. Yeah. Not been given Obviously. It, but the contracts had come in due. And then, like, they've kind of had a bit of a, a push since then. And the characters have reverted a little bit back. Okay. Like they've, they've dialed down the yayed. Um, not enough to bring back yeah. the Grizzly Young Vets, but Obviously. as if they're trying to, like, work some sort of compromise. It's this weird tug of war. I think they'll go, but... 
Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. We'll see anyway, but the dyad have expanded its numbers again because it was deemed the suitable landing point for uh, Ava Rain. She's now just called Ava. Yeah, that um, totally makes sense. It's a rock star. Yeah, obviously. Um, the Rock was famed for his like supernatural uh, abilities and characters on uh, WWE television, so yeah. it makes sense to put that lineage that's into it, law. good use. Yeah, that's it. There's, exactly. That's family law. Like, yeah. that was, when, he said, when he was first Rocky Maivia, he did make a point of saying, oh, yeah, I know that's like my granddad's name and my dad's name, but they also, in fact, have magic powers. So why would I not use them too? I, de- I definitely remember him saying that. Definitely, yeah. Um, he was called the Rock, actually, because he could do that telekinesis thing where the Rock would move. He yeah. would stare at a rock and it would just... That was it. Oh, my God, it shifted. And the smell what the Rock was cooking was obviously regarding his cauldron that he was brewing potions in. <laughs> That's it, yeah. That's it. Uh, you've got the idea of the dyad <laughs> and the jism, basically. They're a dumbass cult group, um, but they are currently embroiled in a... Um, Quasi feud with the Creed brothers. Are you familiar with the Creeds? No. Right. So the Creeds. This, this is great. It's like there is no short. You know, you cut a long story short. You can it with this <laughs> stupid brand. The Creeds were a member of a group called the Diamond Mine. The Diamond Mine was almost a one long running joke because yeah. it started in 2020, I believe, with um, Malcolm Bivens, obviously now, yeah, uh, and again, the one Stokely Hathaway. Um, members have come and gone. Been like legit fired. Yeah. Roderick Strong was a was a core yeah. member initially and was kind of that was bit. I also remember the diamond mine for all of the rumors about Tessa Blanchard. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> when they were just teasing it. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Um God, that's a very content <laughs> thing, that isn't it? Yeah. Yep. Um get the logo on screen. Oh, it's Tessa Blanchard coming in. I um so it was a vehicle for Roddy Strong for a while. Um Damon Kemp, Gable Stevenson's uh, sibling okay. who was kind of like trying to make his way on NXT as well. He was like attached to it for a bit. And Ivy Nile uh, in the women's division, she's also like attached to it. She's, she's pretty good actually, like real good, like sort of natural charisma, believable coming from this Fight Club group. But it got warped and distorted and everything. Okay. Obviously, strong is now in AW wrestlers that got released. Yeah, the Creeds lost a match to uh, the Day Ed, which meant that they had to leave NXT forever. 
and then have kind of been winding them up ever since. They've appeared as like the Jism's masked associates. Then they did a bit the other week where they were like, we're just on holiday. And it was like the photoshopped background of the beach. And then it was like, and now we're at the pyramids and all that. And it's that thing where they've lost the match, but they've had the last word. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, we can't wrestle in NXT anymore, but this is fun. And the dyad like, hang on, that's you in the masks, isn't it? You're the one screwing us. So they're getting all mixed in in that. But Ivy Nile, without the creeds around, has been left all by herself. Mm-hmm. And last week, when it looked as if the dyad, uh, the jism, the whole group, were going to round an Ivy Nile and be like, look, where's the creeds? We know they're here. We know they're messing with us. Tony D and Stax, the mafiosos, yeah. uh, and top baby faces, made the save <laughs> and, and ran off the dyad. So, if I think I've covered everything, <laughs> it's evil... It's a rich and deep tapestry. E- yeah. Evil magic power cult that are being one-upped by two jock amateur wrestlers, bruisers, <laughs> versus mafia, sorry, waste management top babyface tag yeah. team champions who okay. use crowbars and have registered homicides on their Wikipedia Obviously, yeah, since NXT started. Thoughts? <laughs> uh, so where do I begin with this one? Uh, I genuinely have no idea. <laughs> the Tony, Tony D is obviously the one I've seen the most amount of clips of. Because, again, I sit next to Adam Wilborn. Yeah. And shocker, uh-huh. he's, he's quite the fan. I yeah. don't know if you've ever noticed NXT he, he podcast bring, listeners. Bring, it took him a long time to, like, Stax really hated him for a bit. Stax yeah, did not yeah. like Wilborn. We were like, look, he loves Tony D. And, like, Stax like, well, I do too. And I think that's maybe one of the things yeah, that bonded the whole mind. Yeah. Um, so... <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't, it's yeah, for the I don't even know where it's to for start. The it's, for the, it's for the belt. So what's the actual match here? <laughs> uh, Tony D'Angelo and Stax versus, versus. Uh, the Dyad, which is okay, the Grizzly yeah, yeah. and Joe Gacy and yeah, Ava yeah, yeah, will yeah. be at ringside. Uh, yeah, I'll go with Tony D because uh, it, it just makes Wilborn too sad if they lost, I imagine. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't need that right now. He just needs joy and happiness in his life. That's true. That's, uh, that, so we've gone for the uh, the earnest and emotional yeah. reason for a team to win. That has yeah, nothing he's gonna, to do with He's going to have enough lack of sleep and uh, emotional yeah. <laughs> things going on. He doesn't need something else to add on top of that. Do you think, uh, I, I love this. I love getting to ask you like a question that is like loosely related to analysing the product <laughs> as if this stands up if you've never watched it in two years. Like, if, you le- if you lose a week, we've joked about this before. If one of us is off for a week, what happened? Hey, all the characters have changed. <laughs> It's just like it's like somebody taking a chessboard where all the pieces are in the right place yeah. and then just throwing it up, right? Like you would toss a pancake and then the pieces just land in different squares and it's like, that's NXT this week. Yeah, that's course. how it's happened. Um, will the Creeds get involved, Phil? Yeah. Good. Right. Why not? <laughs> right. Uh, only one last thing to preview, but I'm, I'm quite excited to bring you in on this one. So Dana Brooke versus Blair Davenport. Okay. okay. Uh, formerly known as B yeah. Priestley, another one of your kind of ex-colleagues in WCPW. Yeah, we made her, basically. Uh, that's a, I hear that quite yeah, a lot about, from Wilbur about a number of these wrestlers. <laughs> made that Gibson, too. Uh, yeah, I get that, yeah. They'd be nothing without us. Wade Barrett. Um, <laughs> Barrett, yeah, made him. Uh, right. A little guy called Cody Rhodes. You Ever heard of him? <laughs> <laughs> so what do you want to talk about? WCPW, <laughs> Cody. Um, right, Dana Brooke versus Blair Davenport is not a um, a one-off, random, somebody from the main roster has popped down. A thing is occurring with Dana Brooke. Uh, she came down to NXT as a, like, um, it was weird. They were trying to put her over as like this, well, I've done a lot on the main roster, 
but I'm back where it all began. You know, they've, they've been doing that quite a bit lately. Um, Baron Corbin is one. He was he admitted that he was having a bit of a tough time of it on the main roster. But Apollo Crews had come back, and then he had um, Pink Eye, which helped him be able to see into the future. Should he use that on the main roster, to be honest? But um, I like Dana Brooke came back. And it, it did invite a little bit of scorn okay. because she was saying, like, you know, it's been incredible for me on the rain roster, but I'm key, I'm come back to where it all began. Like I've done a lot of things, and then everybody goes, "Have you?" <laughs> and that's, and that's a bit feels a bit cruel, right? Like yeah. you sort of feel like you're kind of punching down there. And then she has a match, um, and it was against I want to say it was I right, Cora Jade. Have okay. seen Cora Jade? Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. She used to be the one that couldn't skateboard; that they made a skateboarder. Yep. And then she turned heel. I enjoyed that very much. Yeah, she turned heel. <laughs> she doesn't have to carry a skateboard; she carries a kendo stick. Okay, um, yeah. Can she use that one at least? Yes, she can. She okay, can hit with good. that, yeah. Um, aye. She was like, I don't respect you. And you've got like, I get it. Which you shouldn't, right? Yeah. So they have their match. And it was bold, bold strategy, Cotton. Um, Dana Brooke refused to tap, despite the fact that earlier in the match, her knee had been damaged to such an extent that she was like needing medical attention okay. and they want to stretch her out. Yeah. But she was insisting on continuing and she refused to tap. Because she's hard. They were doing the Bret Hart Stone Cold Steve Austin WrestleMania 13 finish. Yeah, obviously. Then, the fans rooted so hard for Steve Austin and so against Bret Hart that one of the most elegant and stunning and industry-defining finishes occurred in front of your very eyes. Yeah. Here, the NXT fans chanted, tap, 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 <laughs> tap. <laughs> Not a great week for Dana Brooke, right? So she loses here. Um, she goes on Twitter and says, all right, you, I get it, you think I suck. And... It's a bit like, oh man, like, this is really awkward. <laughs> she befriends uh, a, a newcomer on the roster called Kalani Jordan. Just a um, wrestler on NXT, trying to make her way and looking towards Dana Brooke as somebody. Look, if nothing else, she's got experience, right? Miles on the clock. Kevin Nash said yeah. the only thing that was real was the money in the miles, and she's clocked plenty of some and made a, a bit of some. Yeah. So, like, she's got that, if nothing else. So, Kalani Jordan thinks, yeah, yeah why not? But with Dana Brooke's tutelage, Kalani. Uh, has yet to win a match. And last week she lost to Blair Davenport, continuing a losing streak since sidling up to Dana Brooke. And there was... Just like uh, a similar idea of giving the Miz <coughs> Daniel Bryan in the original NXT. Like, yeah, <laughs> <you've> got... <laughs> pretty much. Um, I mean, I don't know, that's the nice thing anybody said about Kalani Jordan, truthfully. <laughs> but the principal thinking is the same. Like, D- Dana Brooke has not... There's no objective evidence yeah, that yeah, Jessica yeah. Kutchen is working. But she's kind of been a bit like, come on, Kalani, don't be rubbish. And then last week... Blair Davenport had beaten Kalani Jordan. good advice for everyone, to be fair. Yeah, don't be, don't be rubbish. Yeah. There was a bit of uh, to, to and fro in, and uh, Dana Brooke nearly accidentally hit Kalani Jordan, but all was fine. It was a bit of a, whoa, whoa, what's going on there, you know? Or well, vice versa, maybe, but either way, it was a bit like, hmm. And then back in the locker room later on, Dana Brooke's like, hmm, all right, I'll deal with this. Right, so she's fighting Blair Davenport tonight. Okay. So to reset, I don't know why... With NXT, when you explain the characters, that should actually tee you up nicely to be able to talk about the match. It's reverse. <laughs> In NXT, you explain the characters, then have to reset them to make the match make sense. It is like nothing else that I cover and have maybe ever watched in wrestling. Dana Brooke is hair ruffling Kalani. Uh, Kalani Jordan saying, I'll fight you. I'll show you how it's done. And is almost certainly going to get her arse handed to her. Yeah for being nowhere near the coach she is. And this, tonight, could be the long-standing payoff where she snaps on Kalani Jordan for, like, 
basically projecting her own insecurities about the... F- this is weird, right? If this, if they go ahead with what looks like it's going to happen, yeah. they're basically saying, your whole WWE career stunk. <laughs> you stunk so bad you bought your stench to NXT, and then your stench got worse, and now you're <laughs> mad about it. But it does feel like the diet. And it's like, push? Question mark? It's so, like... So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> eat, eat vegetables, Phil. <laughs> Uh, so I don't know where to start with this one. I mean, Dana Book. I feel sorry for Dana Book. She's like the reports you hear about Dana Book is always that she's like the first person in the building, like yeah. last person to leave, like super duper hard working behind the scenes and stuff. And then she's just Dana Book on TV. It's I. It's the she's a victim of the WWE machine in a yeah. sense. And she's like you want a sympathetic baby face, you don't want a pitiable one. Yeah. And the line is fine, very very fine, and she's crossed it. Yeah. One too many times, mm-hmm. probably. And there is something there. It's just they've never quite figured out what she is. Like yeah. her character is super weird and always <laughs> Like it's hard to root for. Yes. The way she's been presented and everything. Like the best stuff she ever did was the twenty four seven championship stuff. Obviously. I. But that was because you know what I was fond of. I liked her and much. Emma as yes, like yeah. people that were dumb enough to think they could fight Asuka. <laughs> Remember like the head pat things you do to the interviewers and stuff? And yeah. Like the entrance that had six things in it. Yeah. Like backflip, muscle pose. <laughs> like That's the, the thing. It, like her entrance always seems like create a wrestler entrance where you just like <laughs> pick all the best parts of every yeah. other person's entrance and it, none of it makes any sense. Yeah. It's, it's all that. Like the, the posing and everything. It feels so contrived and fake. Mm-hmm. And everything about the way she's ever been presented has felt... Like it's being forced upon her to do all these things. It's you know it's never felt like her. No, and you know I think it's and it's not fair. Like sometimes it just isn't fair because that you know gets there first, leaves last. You believe it, yeah. But it's almost like oh, you got there first. Like maybe like watch some tapes or speak with people or like and that she exudes that try hard energy. Yeah, but that's not all. Like you want something to feel natural. Yeah, and it's really unfortunate, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Never clicked. So, I mean, if this is a really weird, roundabout, stupid, how going around the houses way of getting to something vaguely interesting for Dana Brooke, yeah. then I'm all for it. Just like a heel is like, oh, I suck. I'll show you how much I suck. So, and then starts winning. Yeah. Like <laughs> so, I mean, if it's, it's something, at yeah. least, which is better than nothing. So I'm going to go with she loses because I want this to fulfill itself yeah. and come around and actually be the full story where she does something, she turns heel, and then she, I don't know, goes on some kind of rampage. Or Kalani Jordan's going to get her ass handed to her. Yeah, why not? Just bring Where's Davenport. What's going on with her these days? Well, really briefly, I was going to say let's talk about. I've not about. seen anything of her in WWE. So she obviously um, well acquainted with her work before that. Indeed, yeah. <laughs> so Blair Davenport's story is another one of them very NXT ones. For several months, um, a number of attacks were taking place. Um, it was a bit one of them like fiction, like meets reality, fantasy meets reality a little bit because. People were getting attacked in, like, obviously the NXT car park is still the most dangerous place in all of yeah. wrestling. But, like, people were getting attacked all over the spot. The original one was a, um, a like, a do-over. I remember when um, Alistair Black was attacked and they did that thing where everybody, they did that one shot where everybody was there. And it ended up being Gargano, I think. Yeah. But, like, the, it was like everybody could either have done it or had an alibi for why they didn't yeah. do it. And it was quite a nice. Stupid Johnny Gargano moment. Oh, yeah. Way. I'm being delighted. Damn it. Why did they ruin things for me? That Just ha- wanted to love him. That was happening with... Who was the first victim? Anyway, I can't, there was three victims ultimately. And the first victim, it was happening because all of them were getting bloody ACL injuries. So they <laughs> needed to do write-offs. But it was very, very... It felt very clearly marked that it was going to be Indy Hartwell. Yeah. <laughs> right, kind of from the off. 
Uh, who could have possibly done it? Indy Hartwell. And then she got called up. <laughs> she won the title. And it's like, this feels right. Like, she's kind of like, things have gone pretty well since some of her rivals have been getting taken out. Yeah. And they called her up. So that was dead. So, it, look, maybe it was Blair Davenport's all along, but it certainly felt like it was Indy Hartwell's. But then it was revealed that it was Blair Davenport doing all of these attacks, okay. right? She did it for The Rock. Yeah, exactly that kind of vibe. So all these people are getting taken out. And then it's all about, uh, well, she did it for The Rock C because it led her into a feud with Roxanne Perez <laughs> um, as this woman that had come in and kind of like beaten everybody down. She kind of went 50-50 with Roxanne Perez. Okay. Like, you know, they both got a bit of it. And th- there was a payoff match, but ultimately... Like, neither of them was particularly elevated up. Neither of them had really fallen down. Yeah. The matches were just okay. It, all a bit of something or nothing, you know? So, on she goes as this heel that has beaten loads of people up. The character is at least a loner figure that is just uh, theoretically very dangerous and devastating, but it's not not fully taken quite yet. Not a, It's not a disaster. The matches are not bad. Yeah. Which, like, that's a very B Priestley career thing, isn't it? Like, she has this... Yeah. She's got, like, stardom pedigree. Yep, yep. But then a lot of the time, it does feel like the ceiling is slightly lowered. Like, the flirtation with AEW came to nothing, yeah. and then she went to NXT UK, which people still convinced me was a real thing. Um, <laughs> I've got no evidence to the contrary. But that, in itself, became a... Oh, well, she just disappeared forever then. Yeah. She was one of the few to travel over last year when that warehouse in Enfield was thankfully shuttered before the police got to it. <laughs> so, um, now she's here and yep. trying to get going. It seems like her career so far, it seems like she hits a ceiling mm. and then is there for ages. And then all of a sudden something will happen where she'll be able to break through that ceiling. Yeah. And then she'll be at that level for absolutely ages. Yeah. And it's like waiting for that next thing. Because I remember... like I was going to say, what are, your in, what are your insights and memories of B Priestley in person and working with her and stuff Well, like back in WCPW, obviously, she was our women's champion. Um, yeah. Did great stuff. Um Some of our best women's matches, probably. That hardcore match from Nixon New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah, really, really good. Uh, Tegan Knox for those, yeah. yeah. Um, but for a while, it was always because she was working with someone better than her mm-hmm. most of the time. She was like the Tegan Knox Max. She was like not carried through it, but like helped through it. Yeah, um, that's how you get better, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, working with better people. And so eventually, like it got to a level where we like other people we had, like we weren't bringing in as many women's wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Um, and in terms of like the quality, people had gone elsewhere, like Tegan Knox, obviously. Um, so. Then she went off to work for Stardom, mm-hmm. and when she came back from her Japanese tour, holy cow, was yeah. she so much better. Mm-hmm. Like, the jump up in terms of quality uh, in her matches was ludicrous mm-hmm. after those Stardom tours. Um, and, it, like, you could see it in mm. the way she carried herself, like, the way she was in the ring. Like, she'd blasted, something had clicked, yeah, uh, and she'd moved all the way through. Obviously, Osprey, at the time, in a relationship with Osprey, Helped her massively. They're working like mixed tags and stuff, weren't they? They worked mixed yeah. tags. They did. Still, one of my favorite WCPW matches was uh, Osprey and B Priestley versus Tessa Blanchard and uh, Ricochet. Yeah, back that when they were be, all in relationships. Is that kicking around on YouTube somewhere? Because that's got to be, be worth it. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it'll be on YouTube somewhere. That's so really if fun, you haven't man. genuinely, really if, you, fun. if you haven't seen that, go hunt that match yeah. down because it is so much fun. Mm. Um, and like, like all of them elevated each other in that, like to put it all together it's mm-hmm. like one of, i think it's the best mixed tag match i've ever seen wow i will put that out there mm. uh, and one of my favorite wcpw matches just because it was a whole whole heap of fun yeah so she had like great people working with her is what i'm saying to mm. like help her through but that stardom thing was just ludicrous and she came back so so much better so much more confident um and like it felt like ah she'd like broken through she'd figured that thing out but then when 
uh, WCBW closed and then uh, it did the AEW thing. It just felt like, like, like I say, hit that next glass ceiling and it was waiting for that next thing to click. Yeah. Um, and I think maybe when that does, it's probably more of a, a TV thing mm-hmm. in terms of getting personality across. Like obviously, it's a very different world getting stuff across on an indie scene to getting stuff across on TV. Yeah. Um, and I think eventually if that does click, I think she'll be absolutely great. But mm-hmm. obviously, I've not seen any of it stuff lately so i don't know if that it's, has, it's has so yeah yeah it's so hard isn't it to work out exactly who will break through in women's wrestling north america because it's been like uh, rightfully so like a hot topic lately yeah, yeah. on one hand it looks like there are a lot of opportunities because so few like wrestlers are getting pushed as massive stars yep. but one of the reasons for that is because there's so little representation in terms of the time yeah minutes allocated yeah. The, and, and everything that kind of coincides with that so it's like well you could be the biggest you could be a real ripley is a perfect example now she's pretty much reached the becky lynch level of becoming like another made woman in yeah. wwe but if it wasn't for her being in a stable that also has three men in it how much time would her segments on Raw really get? I was going to say, even recently with the Women's Championship at yeah. the top of the game that she's ever been at, she's still kind of struggling to get like, TV time. That <laughs> end of her like run is, oh, here's your five minutes with Candice Ray or whatever, yeah. and then Judgment Day business can be all over Raw because there's three dudes in it. Yeah. Like That does sort of feel like that's, uh, like we're kind of obscuring a bigger yeah, problem. Even though there, she so. is the best part of that three dudes. She, I, yeah, she rules. <laughs> she absolutely rules. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a unique and unfair problem that i think every woman faces isn't it like so um I, th- I think i'm with you i know what you mean i think that's a really good take about the the different ceilings and i think that's a it probably doesn't get talked about enough with a lot of wrestlers that it's understandable that yeah. for reasons that are not necessarily all in their control some are but like they're gonna reach times when they're with a company or they're with a selection of wrestlers that maybe can't get them to the next level yeah but you just kind of have to grind that out and yeah. try and like power through that bit nxt's i will say this post 2020 when out yeah um the filter system with the main roster is loads better than it used to be whether that's because like triple h yeah. and Shawn michaels are just more joined up than triple h and dead it used to be <laughs> whether it's because like you've not got the situation where the guy on raw smackdown just actively resents and hates the guys that his son-in-law is pushing yeah. on the stupid little network show it just feels well, you're just bored one day and bring up four people for no apparent reason oh, that's so funny triple h i want to cry that was, uh, <laughs> oh, man that was good stuff um the I, the funneling system looks smoother than it's yeah. ever been. So I think you don't need to show out for too long on Tuesdays before they're dragging you to Mondays <laughs> or Fridays. So this could be the this could be the time. Yeah. Like but we'll see, I guess. Like it's kind of a relative newcomer versus a company veteran. Yes. Like Dana Brooks gonna be coming up on a decade soon enough. Like, <laughs> a decade of Dana. Remember when uh, there was the Undertaker's decade of destruction? Yeah, like, oh, decade, decade of Dana. Decade of Dana. Let's start working on that content now. Hundred percent. Time yeah. for it coming up. I mean, um, what is it for Tamina these days? Like she'd be oh, coming up to two decades. Yeah, surely. she debuted with the Usos in like 2010, yeah. didn't she? Um, Brett bought them in as like competition for the Heart Dynasty. <laughs> Thirteen years. Lucky thirteen. <laughs> Insane. Why are we talking like about the Usos main event and a premium live event not getting Tamina in there as well? This is true. Same time on the roster. Ain't nobody meaner than Tamina. I'm not gonna press that game button. Uh <laughs> If you don't think there's anybody meaner than Tamina, <laughs> let us know on Twitter if you are. Um, but yes, thank you, Phil, for joining us today. If uh, people want to talk more NXT with you, maybe fill in some gaps, maybe ruin Phil's day in his notifications, <laughs> where can they find you on Twitter? Do it. I'm 100%. I'm f- thoroughly intrigued by this entire experiment <laughs> of being out of NXT for three years and being dragged back in by <laughs> just random uh, situations going on around me. It's a deep end, but the pool's full of piss. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so I'm excited to swim around in it and guzzle it down as much as I can can so you can do that over on twitter or x or whatever the you want to call it these days 
Uh, at Phil My Chambers. Uh, I'm at Michael Hamflit. We're all at What Culture WWE. It's all topsy turvy. We'll be back later today with your Monday Night Raw review. Um, I've got a very special guest to do some AEW coverage this week, but I might be pouring you back in as well. I don't friggin' know what we're making. <laughs> um, and we'll be back tomorrow with the NXT review. So we'll see just how much you regret saying yes to these podcasts. <laughs> uh, until then, we will see you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.